0: The pride of Limerick,
1: the young man named Sean Sheehan,
0: the MMA media, Don Graham-McDonald. The Severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. I see them coming up and they're getting their shot and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Hello there everybody, good morning. Welcome to episode 119 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan and like every week I'm here with Eric Dubé of Irish MMA media, Graham-McDonald and we're back for another week of chat humor honesty and all-around mma analytical brilliance for your listening pleasure this week we're going to talk about the car that just happened over in sweden where we're about two hours out from that now here so it's fresh in our minds we're going to talk about that then we're going to look ahead to ufc 212 which goes down next week then we're going to talk a little bit about a few other things. Norman Park had a fight at the weekend. Ben Askren had a fight. Jermaine randomly you know, she refused to fight Cyborg. We're going to talk about that. Um, Bisping, McGannia, a few other things as well in there. So, And we're going to answer your questions as well. And here's the thing. If you want to get in contact with us, you can follow me at NBA, Follow Graham at Severime. And you can tweet us your questions to at May Pod. Or you can email us your questions, severemmapodcast at gmail.com. We've resurrected that email, so some people don't like tweeting them in. So if you want to send them there, send them there, and we'll, we'll answer them in the show. We're going to answer them at the end. So, Graham, how are you?
1: Yeah, good, yeah. No complaints.
0: I suppose this is our, our last small bit of soccer talk of the year. Man United champions of the... Europa League, absolutely brilliant victory there last last Wednesday in the Champions League. (laughs) Are you happy for Man United, you are?
1: Um, No, I wouldn't say that, no. (laughs) (laughs) I would have preferred if they had to uh, struggle away in the Europa League again next year, but uh, ah, Whatever.
0: Yeah. Look, Liverpool are only 2 games away from it as well, so hopefully they won't get into it and then you know, it'll be hilarious. So, uh, yeah. When you like can, can, can kind of plan their summer now anyway, so. Yeah. i um,
1: actually stoned you for front they The talk of their uh, brilliant young players was uh, either greatly exaggerated or uh, they, maybe they completely choked, I don't know, but they didn't look very good.
0: I Man, United did look good, though, in fairness. I thought it was a Mourinho masterclass, just absolutely shut him down. Fellaini was well, a virtual performance from Fellaini.
1: Passing back and forth between the centre-backs repeatedly without making runs up front, it wasn't really going to work out uh, against uh, Mourinho's uh, defence with Mkhitaryan at left-back.
0: Mm. <sighs> The season's over now. We're gonna so we just stop this. It doesn't matter. We're both happy. We won <laughs> qualified for the Champions League. Liverpool. Man United won the, the Community Shield. They won the League Cup. They won the Europa League. <laughs> the community Shield. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Liverpool. <laughs> Liverpool won the trophy of finishing above Man United. So you know, that's a victory for you. Congratulations.
1: I refer that to the Charity Shield, anyway, Or the <laughs> Community
0: Shield. What about the Europa League? Brilliant cup. You you lost it last year. I seem to remember.
1: Yeah, nobody even wants to be in that, so uh, while you're in it, you might as well win it, but um, yeah,
0: nobody wants to be there, yeah, that's true. Right, let's move on. I, I think the main event of this US, UFC card over in Sweden was kind of like it was like the Europa League of the heavyweight division, I think, as the, <laughs> the, just the two second best in, in the world, um, met as Alexander Gustafsson took on Glover Teixeira in a card which was. It wasn't great on, on paper, you know, but in practice, it wasn't actually a bad card, uh, especially uh, some, of the, some of the first fights in the card, but we're going to talk about the main event first, and it was just, I used the word virtuoso there earlier, it was a virtuoso performance from Alexander Gustav as well, wasn't it? Nah, he just ran, bro, come on, he
1: ran. ran. Oh, God. It was a marathon, <laughs> You are trying to get me started early, <laughs> are you are
0: trying to get me started early. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I didn't
1: know you allowed bikes in the octagon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he was on a segue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, I saw people commenting about that, but uh it was it was brilliant from uh, Gustafsson. Them, those uppercuts were were brilliant as well. Uh Glover takes Eric and take a serious licking. He he, he looked like he might have been uh looked like any other man would have been gone a few times. It was there was a four or five punch combination from Gustafsson, I think it was the second round, was it? And he uh, just yeah. I can't believe he got up from that. He got up and uh kept fighting back and didn't even look that shaky.
0: Yeah, I described him as, do you ever see them cups? I actually got one for my birthday, which was this week. I never even got a fucking happy birthday from you at the start of the podcast, so you Happy birthday one. anniversary. Thanks. Patrick got me one for my birthday. It's this cup, right, where you put it down. If you look on Unbox Therapy, everyone on YouTube, Unbox Therapy, it's brilliant. But you put this cup down, and if you hit it, you can't knock it over, but you can pick it straight up. It's like one of them. That was like Glover Teixeira. No matter how many times you hit him, he would just wouldn't fall, but eventually he got the, the sledgehammer out and hit him, and then he knocked him down. But yeah, I thought... I thought Gustafsson just put on one of the most superb, well-rounded displays I've seen in the UFC in a long time. It's just absolutely brilliant. Brilliant. It was. Look, we spoke about last last week using his range, and I think that was always the key to this fight. He used it absolutely brilliantly. He was he was jabbing from the outside, throwing that lead lead left hook, which I'll, I'll get into in a bit more detail in a second, and throwing the upper uh, the uppercuts as well. Like this this all running thing, right? What he was doing the, the running was because Glover and you, you saw he didn't really do it from like round three on so what Glover was doing was Glover was coming straight forward because you have to close that distance and he was throwing these big long hooks or overhands or you know coming in throwing combinations and Gustafsson had to get out the way of him so he was throwing his shots he was ducking down and rather than getting either taken down or getting hit when he, when he was ducking down he just split like you you see Manny Pacquiao doing it. it it's a great thing that he always does he lands his shots he kind of goes out the back door and he's gone you know in the octagon it, it's kind of different because you can it's harder to get kind of the sanctuary of uh, of the middle of the octagon when it's obviously an octagon when you're against the ropes and stuff it's a little bit different but Gustafson you know he kept he kept getting out the way of Glover shots and he I, he did it brilliantly he was it wasn't like he was running getting away from him not engaging he, he was just second, circling and yeah. resetting. When, yeah, when he got away, when he reset, he was coming straight in again and banging with Glover with to share. But there was one bad thing about it was, it's grand when you're dipping down, getting straight out, kind of like a matador, you know, running out underneath him. But when you get your backed up against the fence and when you're forced to run out, that's the bad part of it. Now, he did that two or three times as well, and there's nothing you can say about that. He, he shouldn't have gotten himself in that position. But I think if you are in that position the wise thing to do is get out of dodge you know
1: yeah i have no problem with it uh, people seem to seem to <laughs> seem to absolutely hate it and think it's a, a sign of weakness or something but i think it's a good fight iq and an intelligent defense um to 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 get out of there and circle back and reset and uh it wasn't as if he was uh, moving away you know, like people in the past. Maybe Anderson Silva has taken complete rounds off, uh, moved just moved away from people for for whole rounds. It, it wasn't that. That's not what happened there. But I saw people on Twitter and stuff except, uh, giving out about it. But it it wasn't the same thing. Um, but no, it was it was. Uh... <laughs> It was an intelligent thing to do, and okay, people maybe if it wasn't in Sweden in, in his hometown, people would have booed. But you just got to ignore the boos if, if they do come and just do your game plan and stick to what is going to get you the victory. And it got him the victory in a very, very impressive uh, fashion.
0: Yeah, I suppose like if we, if we look through the fight from the start. As I say, he came out. He he was light on his feet, fighting outside of a range. Just look at the lint of his hands; they're much longer than, uh, longer than the share everything. To share, had to do. He had to do it rushed. He had to close that distance, and when it he wanted to close the distance, he obviously had to make a big forward movement. And Gustafsson could see it coming and move out the way because he's quicker. You know, he's longer and all that, and that lint as well from the same distance, allowed him to piece up over the share, whether it's with left hooks, whether it's with the uppercuts, whether it's with the jab. And I think for the first two rounds, he kind of did that. He was able to pick him off and he was able, as I say, kind of run out of dodge, get out of the way. As it went into the, the third, fourth and fifth round, Glover wasn't coming forward as much I think when it got to when it got to the third round especially he was kind of just standing in the pocket maybe as you said he got hurt badly in the second round maybe he started trying to survive a little bit you know just his game his head wasn't on when it got to the fourth I thought that was actually Glover's best round because what he did was he took the range away from Alexander Gustafsson when he could anyway. So rather than standing in the range where Alexander can hit him and he can't hit Alexander, he stood outside of that range so Alexander couldn't hit him. Alexander kind of had to come in a little bit, and Gustafsson was still winning those exchanges because even when he was coming in, he was still hitting lower, but maybe not as much in in the fourth until late in that round. But in the fifth, in uh, a had to come out again and go at him hard, and once he did that, it was kind of, you know, the right was on the wall really, because as I said, Gustafsson was just, stronger than him, faster than him, and uh, you know, was just able to connect, a lot lot better than, uh, Teixeira was, and the finish I suppose, was was really, really nasty, three uppercuts, and the the right hand, and the jaw kind of finished him off.
1: Yeah, do you think, um, obviously Glover, uh, had a big dump, takedown in the first round, but wasn't able to establish, any position off, it was, it was uh a, it looked good, but it didn't really benefit him that much. But do you think he could have went back to his wrestling a bit more? Or do you think it was Gustav's moving so much that uh the the shots weren't there for Glover?
0: Yeah, I actually re-watched it and I that was kind of in my head as I was re-watching it because that was I suppose that's kind of the first takeaway and an overall sense from the fight. But he did in the first round a few times. He obviously, as you said, he got that one where he dumped him and he kind of rolled out Gustav's and he it was absolutely brilliant the way he got out of it. Glover went for two or three more and he didn't get him. he just kind of stuffed him easily and we see that a lot with with guys who are, who are good wrestlers they get stuffed and then they kind of lose faith in it they're, they're like i'm just wasting energy here i'm not going to get him down but he could have gone back to a little bit more a thing as well and uh, gustafson was throwing the knees up the middle he was throwing that front kick the deep and he was just striking so much and he would so much output that chance to do it and i think as well a big thing uh, as you said there in the second round and in the third round as well when you get hurt everything kind of goes out the window you know and you're kind of recovering more than you're doing anything else unless you kind of get close and and try to pull him down but yeah i I think he could have added in a little bit more do you think he could have
1: yeah, well, yeah, it's easy. It's obviously easy to say afterwards as well. And he was obviously, uh he kind of probably knew it, that he was uh, losing the rounds and that he needed to to make more than a takedown happen to get the win. He was, he was, he was swinging till the, till the end, Glover. So he, he definitely wasn't, uh he definitely wasn't not trying, but may, maybe mixing in a couple of takedowns might have might have slowed down Gustafsson striking a bit, but Gustafsson was moving all over the place. So, uh maybe Glover made the decision that uh, he, it wasn't worth the effort and that his best option was to, to try and strike and knock out Gustafsson.
0: Yeah, like the one kind of technical note that I took away from it and kind of the reason why Gustafsson won the fight was that combination of the left hook and the uppercut. Like, if you watch back the fight, you, usually when you throw an uppercut, right? Or, Any kind of straight shot, you throw the jab and then you bring the backhand behind it. That's kind of, you know, boxing one on one, whether it's MMA or or whether it's um, traditional boxing or whatever. But Gustafson did something brilliant, right? He every time he threw the uppercut. I think apart from once, it, it wasn't after a jab. So he threw a jab once in the whole fight and threw the uppercut after it. Right? Every time he did it, it was either he led with the uppercut and came with a hook afterwards, or most of the time he led with the hook. And came with the uppercut afterwards. And what that did was, if just imagine, he's thrown with his left hand on the outside of Glover's right hand. So what does Glover do when he does that? He brings his hand up and out, you know, towards the side to block that shot. And that leaves the middle wide open. So he threw right up the middle with the uppercut in. And almost every time it was on the money, He was just there because Glover was, was already blocking that left hook with it. Or conversely, he threw the uppercut, then uh, Glover comes in, brings his hand in to block the uppercut, and then he comes to the outside with the hook and hurts him again. So he, was, he just could do that over and over and over, and it goes back to the range as well. He could do that because he has just longer arms than Glover, basically, and he was able to hit him from that distance, and Glover wasn't able to come back. You know, he, I, I, the first couple rounds as well, and the reason why you saw Gustafson running was when he was throwing those left hooks. Glover was trying to counter him he was you know he was kind of throwing his right hook over it or he was throwing an overhand right and you saw Gustafson ducking underneath it you know getting under him and getting out of uh, getting out of the way but once he you know once he got the precision of that uppercut right and once he saw that every time he's gonna hook with his left hand that Glover's gonna bring up his right hand the opening was there and just he kept doing it over and over and over and Glover really didn't have an answer for it and I think well that I think anyone would agree that was a win of the fight for him, those uppercuts.
1: Yeah, and uh, in the co main event, your boy Mishka or Misha Zirkunov, taken he out.
0: Was, he was, yeah, he was. I, I watched it back and I, you don't even want it only went like what was a thir- uh, 28 seconds. 28. The the punch that hit him and knocked him out was a little kind of punched or kind of a rabbit punch more than anything, kind of to the back or side of the head over the ear, kind of. But I uh, watched it back. I think I don't think that was the shot that actually hurt him. Uh, Ozimir almost the first shot thrown in the fight. He hit him with a huge left hook, and he kind of rattled him. You could see it and moved him on his on his feet. And uh, uh, Serkinov was he was throwing the shots, but he wasn't as, you know, he didn't look great. If you would just look at his face after that, you could kind of tell he was hurt. And uh, Ozimir came in again. I think it was a straight, uh, straight right hand. I think he hit him with, but another hard shot anyway. And that kind of, you know, it kind of rocked him a little bit. And then Surkinov kind of, he said, okay, I kind of have to get into this fight now. He pushed him back against the fence. Uldzmir got out. Well, Surkinov kind of ran into the fence. You know, it was a bit weird. He, He... didn't respect him maybe a little bit and he obviously got clipped and knocked out but it was it was kind of a weird knockout it's kind of a an odd fight and that's really the only thing i can think of i think he was hurt with those two shots early and uh, you know it was a little bit easier to knock him out but do you think it was just an easy punch or what do you think um
1: i think it was the placement of the punch rather than the the big swing or anything he just placed it right behind the ear kind of took away the equilibrium and he was quick with big ground and pound shots when when sirganov kind of landed face down um but yeah, Sirkonov rushed it was it was nearly like a little bit reminding me of um Verdoom and Steep Emotich yeah. the way he kinda just came forward throwing left and rights uh, in a straight line and um mere kinda just wait for waited for him to finish and uh, he kinda ran into the cage a little bit, uh Sirkinov and he kinda had nowhere to go with uh, with the uh, from the, the side that it was a right hand from from uh, Ozdemir so he kind of uh, had nowhere to go except down uh, against a cage and the second he hit the ground the ground and pound came in and finished him off but he did look to be seriously hurt before he even even hit the ground um, as you were saying but I think that it was was probably an equilibrium kind of behind the ear took away the legs and um, it it was a clinical finish from Ozdemir as well
0: Yeah, at first I thought when he threw the right hand, I thought he might have hit him with a left hand on the inside, and there wasn't really a good angle of that, but I don't think he did. Now, that would explain it if he did. Maybe there's another angle of it out there that I haven't seen yet, but I don't think he did. Yeah, it was kind of weird, but as you said, you know, it, it's the placement. Like, I know it's, it's a weird thing, but to see that cricket player that that got killed by a ball that just hit him in like on the right place? You know, guys get hit on the head, you know, all the time in kind of cricket and it never hurts him But if it hits you in that one right place, like you can fucking, you know, obviously knock him out. You know, mm. it's it's obviously a, a lot more grave situation in that case. But you, you yeah. get what I'm saying. it's, it's, but,
1: it's yeah. kind of a similar uh, shot placement to Justin Parrier and Conor McGregor, yeah. where people were kind of saying, "Oh, did he even did he even hit him?" But it was just that he he hit him. On this soft spot, as Conor a soft spot of the lovely soft spot of the where there's no skull, as Connor says. But um, I think um, I was I can't remember which fight it was, but Penred was talking before about he's, he said he'd been rocked a few times in his career, but one time he got hit behind the ear and he felt absolutely grand. He, he like his mind was clear, but his legs just weren't reacting properly. So I think sometimes it's uh, just the placement of the shot. Uh, it doesn't look like that big of a shot, but it actually just lands in the sweet spot or. Or just takes away their equilibrium, just a uh, bit uh, of luck. Even you know, it's it, they weren't aiming for that spot, but it was just the perfect spot to hit, and uh, the guy goes down. Sometimes you can land a really powerful punch, but it hits the forehead, or it, it might not. It might not knock them out, but that shot landing anywhere else maybe would have knocked them out.
0: I think it's, I think it's a big thing as well. You know, the amount of damage you can take. Like even look at Glover to share, and now like if Glover got hit with the same shots, would it, would it put him out? I'm not sure if it would. Like I'm not saying that Circanov is a bad chin or anything, or a, you know can't take as much damage. But you know what, what else can you say about that? You know, look at just it's kind of encapsulated those two fights. Look mm-hmm. at the amount of damage Glover took and the amount of damage Circanov took. Like that, that that is a factor in fights. If you look at the
1: Corm- Cormier taking that punch from Anthony Johnson and Glover uh, mm-hmm. uh, getting knocked out by that punch by. uh Anthony Johnson. It probably was just a tiny difference in placement of where it landed that that might have ended up. You know, so you end up surviving and, and fighting on, or you end up KO'd. So it's hard to know, but uh, it did, it did seem like a, like it wasn't a huge punch that would that would usually knock somebody like that out. But I think it was just the placement of it was what what did it.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. You know I, I wrote an article for uh, for Sherlock during the week about this. These two big fights, maybe you know, putting the pieces together for the next year in in the UFC light heavyweight division, and I think it, it might have a little bit. You know, there's talks now of uh, Odmira fighting Manoa, and there's talks of maybe Gustafson being the next guy in line for the winner of, of DC against John Jones. Do you think those are good ideas? Um,
1: they're not bad ideas. Uh, it kind of just depends what happens here now with with Jones and DC if it if it does go ahead for the two hundred and twelve pound or for the sorry two hundred and 6.2. What is it? 206.2 pound belt.
0: You just wanted to get that joke in, didn't you? Yeah, talk. <laughs> <laughs> what, they, they actually changed something with the towel rule in, in New York. I only saw the headline. I didn't actually read the article. Did you read that now?
1: No more Mr. Towley. I don't know how much.
0: <laughs> you don't know. I am enough. But yeah, look, I, I think Gustafson i do think he deserves a title shot again especially if it's john jones i'd love to see that fight even the Carmia fight like watching that i had it scored for Carmia. but like watching the split that, yeah
1: yeah that very like, close
0: very very it was closer than i think i thought initially uh, and you know, even closer than the john jones fight which i thought was very very close as well but gustafson is very and I, he looked phenomenal tonight i can't i can't stress how good he looked tonight like just those small things are enough sometimes if you like yeah. you obviously picked that out as something glover to share as weakness if you can do the same thing i know it's harder with obviously with john jones and and carmia you know he is dangerous
1: but if you look back at the at the john jones fight if if gustafsson had have had enough cardio to go five yeah. rounds he probably would have won that fight he was ahead early and he ran out of gas and i think now now he moves more and he he doesn't get as tired. He he covers more distance now now than he did then. And he doesn't get tired. So he's obviously uh, corrected that problem that he that he ran up against against John. Like you're fighting John Jones, you don't want to be getting tired as well. That's a John Jones is enough to deal with. And he still yeah, a lot of people still scored that for Gustafsson. I actually scored it 48, 47 for Jones, but uh like it was it was razor close, them them three rounds at the end, or the last three rounds of that fight. And I think the the clearest rounds were the Gustafsson rounds. So people kind of maybe have a point about it maybe as an overall fight but that's not how the scoring works so yeah anyway but I think the I think the the Jones fight is actually a really nice style matchup uh, or or it's like the hardest style matchup that Jones has is, is Gustafsson especially with this five rounds of cardio and constantly moving and his improved boxing as well
0: yeah I, the thing about Gustafsson's cardio and as I was watching the fight I kind of had the same thought it's grand having good cardio for five rounds when you're Peace and glover to share up, and you're barely getting touched for the whole fight. But it's a different sort against John Jones when he's hitting you in the body, when he was kicking you with teeps, you know, they they take you know they take the life out of you, they take the gas tank away. And it's definitely improved, it hundred percent has. But I I'm still not hundred percent convinced against someone like John Jones that it's going to be there now. Mm-hmm. If it is, uh, it's an absolute rip-roar of a, of a fight. You know, Gustafson kind of went down there a little bit after that fight. You know, obviously he got on such a high and it was disappointing. And he came back and he did it again for the Carmia fight and it was a little bit disappointing again. But th- this fight was really kind of an eye-opener that Gustafson's actually back, you know, and he is a legit guy in there you know as you, as you said I definitely think like I think he's a tougher style matchup for Jones by far than DC and if Jones isn't 100% you know what he used to be he's been out for, been out for a good while the only fight he's had what in the last two and a half years is a uh, OSB in which he couldn't even finish him didn't look great and you know that's
1: yeah I think Gustafsson is more accustomed to being in these big spots as well I think with his first time headlining in Sweden he obviously lost it to Johnson um was that was that the headline in Sweden uh, it was, yeah, yeah. So I think he's more experienced in the big spot. It was his first time in a massive fight when he fought Jones, and nobody really gave him a chance. So, so maybe you could say, oh, we had the Northern to lose factor. But I think um, I don't know this for a fact, but I've I've heard people say that um, he was kind of his mental side of the game was was uh, not believing in himse- not believing in himself fully was kind of uh, a problem that people could identify with uh, his team around him were were seeing were seeing. And he seems to have uh, overcome that. He looked very calm and collected, and he uh, he never never panicked uh, in this fight. And it was it was like as we said earlier, it was it was a masterclass against a guy who was really good in Glover era. Like you you picked him on the on the podcast last week, I think. You know, he's, Glover he's, did I? Yeah, I think you did, didn't you?
0: Remember,
1: you, you? I think you did. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong about that, but you know, it wasn't uh-huh. it, it, it yeah. wasn't. Uh, it wasn't clear-cut that like people were picking Glover to win this fight like Glover is highly ranked he's always he's always uh, a top contender and he and he just ran through him
0: yeah I picked Gustafsson today anyway on Twitter before the fight started so I'm going with that one but I could have picked Glover (laughs) it was one of those matches that coming into it like as I said I said all the time I think Glover's wrestling is very very underrated I think he hits very very hard it was definitely a 50-50 for me coming in but you know Gustafsson is just very very good and just a final a final word before we get on to some of the other fights. What about Odzimir? Do you like? I know there was only twenty eight seconds in it, but and it's only his second fight in the UFC. Like, do you think he could be the next Gustafson? Maybe, do you think he's that good, or was it?
1: It could be? But it's, it's very hard to know, as you say. He had that first fight in the UFC, which was a, a very close decision. That I think most people thought he lost against OSP, but but in a very close fight. So maybe he had a bit of Octagon jitters, or maybe it was his first time in this biggest spot. But um, like if you look at his record and what's on paper, he's beaten OSP and he's knocked out Sirkinov in twenty eight seconds. So, um, he's definitely one to watch. Uh, I think uh, Gustafsson. It's hard to compare to Gustafsson because there's so little in there. But I think um, I, I, like I think if he fought Gustafsson now, Gustafsson would, would beat him. But um, he's young in his career compared to Gustafsson. I think Alexander Gustafsson is just he's refined his skills and he's he's just. He's at a different level, uh, I think, at the moment. I think he's he's like at the elite level. I think Ozdemir can get there. It's hard to know with, with the small sample size, but it, it, it's hard to say he won't because he's just after knocking out Tsirkinov. But it's uh, it would be a bit of a, a reach, I think, to to make that assumption or make that call on on such a small sample size.
0: Yeah, like it's always nice to see, and that's why I was looking forward to this fight. Kind of someone who is is a good wrestler, and he wants to be. He's a good striker as well. it. Nice. Uh, it would have been nice to see in Sarkanov thrown a few takedowns on him, trying to take him down. Seeing how good Odmir's uh, takedown defense is. You know, his striking is obviously very, very good. Uh, and uh, as Gustafsson and as Jones has shown over the last five years, or whatever it is at light everywhere having that lint and having been able to use that striking is what can get you to the very very top uh so yeah i'm i'm hopeful for uh for Olzheimer. as uh, everyone knows i, I read circuit i very very highly you know Lads, he's beaten like Ian Kutalab, I, I read him, I think he's a good fighter. He's beaten um Krylov, Krylov as well, another good fighter. So, you know, it's no mean feat to knock him out in 20-28 seconds. I'm looking forward to um seeing him next. I'd like to, you know, I'd like to see him fight Jimmy Manoa. That could be a very, very good stand-up fight, but um, as I said, we'll we'll talk about that again. Um, from the undercard, the rest of that, not the greatest card in the world. What did anything uh, did anything stand out to you, on that, um.
1: Um, well, I think the, the Ben Saunders uh Peter Sobrada fight was, was pretty good. Uh, Ben Saunders is, is just uh, when he gets dropped, he, he may be hurt, but he immediately throws up that rubber guard and, and starts working that uh edgy bra jujitsu. Uh, <laughs> flattered. <laughs> um, so he's always dangerous, and I think people are a bit wary of that because of uh, his his uh guard because it's something different and um they're not used to, so uh, people are a bit wary, and I think maybe uh. I think he's he maybe a bit chiny, Ben uh, Ben Saunders, but yeah. that saves him. I think from people jumping in and grounding pounding to get to finish his his the threat from there and the kind of unknown of of they know how to defend the normal positions, but maybe he'll throw up something that is, like a dead orchard that they haven't that much experience in defending, so it throws them off a bit. But I think maybe um, he's taken a lot of damage over the years, ben, or Ben Saunders, and I think his chin might be might be a bit suspect now. To be honest.
0: I don't think there's anyone in the UFC that uses his size advantage worse than Ben Saunders.
1: What about Struve,
0: though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's bad as well. Yeah, that is a good point, yeah. But, oh, uh, God, Saunders, like, he's just so much bigger than most lads in that division, that welterweight division, and he just it frustrates me when guys just can't jab, like OSP, I always go back to him, he just can't do it, like Vince Honours, he tries in fairness, but it's just, like if he had a, if he did nothing but work on his jab, and had a snappy jab, you know, he'd be, that alone would make him a very, very good fighter, you know, keep a guy at the end of that, and force him to rush to come in, didn't he get a lot more takedowns? Didn't he be able to pull guard when guys are rushing in and get him where he wants to on the ground, you know? But yeah, just missing out a lot. Having said that, I thought Sabato was very good. He's thrown a lot of power strikes and, you know, got a, got a heavy finish in the end. So that was fairly impressive. Um, Omari Akhmedov, who I mistaked with um, uh, Gassano Umalatov last week and no one called me up. Bad MMA fans here. Um, <laughs> beat Abdul Razak Al-Hassan, who actually impressed me in the first round. He he got taken down a couple of times, but he got back up. So I thought that was a good sign. I thought then, you know, he'd, he'd kick on, but got a little bit tired. Omari Akhamedov just kept wrestling, kept wrestling, and ended up winning, um, winning the decision. I thought Abdul uh, Al-Hassan uh, won the first round anyway. But, you know, the second round was a little bit closer as well. But you know, Akhmedov kind of took it over midway through the second round or a little bit before that even, and ended up winning it. Did Did you score it for Akhmedov? Or yeah, yeah, for Um Yeah, I think
1: Akhmedov, yeah. um, I think, um Alassane, that was his first time out of the first round, so um uh, that must I think that was part of the game plan to to drag him into deep waters, get some takedowns. And I think as as the second round and third round wore on, he he became very easy to take down. Even there was one very slow shot from Akamari Akamadov at, uh, at one stage, um, and he still it was still a successful take attempt. Even though it was it was really slow and telegraphed, he still got it. I think uh, I think he has to improve his sprawl, and um, but he, he's young in his career. You know, he's he's very dangerous on the feet. He, he tagged him a good few times with, with big punches, but uh. In fairness to Omari, he kept firing back, and he uh, he toughed he toughed out a few situations where he got backed up against the cage, and he uh, he timed his, take-down, uh, his takedowns his take well as well. Uh, every time he got uh, Alisson got a bit of got up a bit of momentum, he ended up on his back. So uh, yeah, I scored it for for Akneido.
0: Um, Nardine Taleb and uh, Oliver Incamp put on a good fight as well. I thought Camp you not know, touching a wonder by the bottom, maybe not as a uh, mm. maybe not as prolific with his strikes. He kind of fights in the same in the same vein, but I don't know. He doesn't
1: set anything up though. He was just kind uh, throw of throwing stuff out there.
0: He doesn't throw enough into him as well. I think. I think he's kind of he's kind of stuck in that point fighting mold. But Nardin Taleb is a good fighter as well. He's a you know he's a tough matchup for him as well. And uh, you know it, it was relatively close, but I think uh, Taleb was definitely the right winner. Uh, Jack romanson as well got a big knockout over uh over Alex Nicholson I like I I I like Ramanson a lot you know we spoke about him in the podcast before I think he fights a small man's game but he's a big man you know and that's tough when you get into the second third round and maybe it's something that he'll improve on going forward if he can improve his carry on things like that but it's it's still going to be hard but in those in that first round especially he's very very dangerous and he showed that today as well yeah yeah, um, Pedro Munoz, well, good win. Chris Camozzi last setting up that Jack Ray trilogy. That needs to be that needs to be made. We need to see mm-hmm. that. Apparently, Pedro Munoz
1: that was the last fight of his uh, deal. Apparently, so he might. I don't know. If, I don't know if there's much be much interest in Bellator. He's not doesn't really have a name behind him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, interesting to see what happens there.
0: Yeah, Joaquim Silva as well, and Reza Mad Dog My daddy put on a very, very good fight. I enjoyed that one with uh, Silva coming out winning. I, I thought they were going to give the decision to uh, to Mad Dog, uh, but they, they didn't. If he had
1: the full camp, Reza might have, might have got that. He got a bit tired. Uh, I think. I think he might, might have been. He might have edged the decision if uh, if he had had a full camp and hadn't aghast.
0: Yeah, I, I think Silva definitely won that though. But um, he was yeah, I had a twenty nine, twenty eight for Silva. Uh Nikol yeah. as well did the Harlem Shake in the middle of the in the middle of the fight and got absolutely destroyed, knocked out hard by mm. uh, Bojan yeah. Vulekovic. And yeah, he was winning
1: as well, so it was a good, it was a good comeback.
0: Was yeah, Darren Taylor, a good win as well? Look very, very impressive in his feet, and he's another one of these guys that I mentioned on Twitter. He looks very tired, but he kind of keeps going and keeps going, and, and he got a little bit tired, actual tiredness, in like the last maybe thirty seconds of the fight. So that might be a little bit, you know, worrying coming going forward. As well. I think he's another one of those guys that falls fights a kind of a small man's game at, at welterweight. But uh, yeah, very impressive he missed weight
1: though. as well by, by what, 46 pounds, didn't he?
0: Oh, did he? I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, I think so. so I right. take it
0: all back, so I take it all back. And uh Marcin Hill lost again at a, a disgusting knee. It was just absolutely he was going for the, the Imanari roll role to go for the, the kind of the leg lock or the takedown. And uh Demir Hanzevich just caught him with a beautiful knee right in the gob and knocked him spark out. But um I, yeah. I hope Marcin Hill gets another opportunity. I, I I like him. I think he's a lot offer.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, he's 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 exciting. Even like diving other people like that, it's it's just different and it's it's good uh, good to have different styles and um, a lot of a lot of as we say in the past on the podcast uh, a lot of fights uh, look the same but uh marcy the hell fights he, there's, there's a bit of a uh, something different which is uh, i think uh sometimes lacking on certain cards in the ufc so it's good to keep people like that around even if he is a own three now in the ufc he's been in some some very good fights and uh i think he should have won uh or it was very close anyway in uh, the lows on fight so uh i'd say he might get kept around even though his own three yeah,
0: right. Uh, before we move on to UFC 2 2 there was another couple of fights uh, this weekend that we're going to talk about a little bit. Norman Park fought over in KSW. I didn't actually see the fight, but but you saw it. Uh, from a lot of what I saw on Twitter, it was a very, very close fight, kind of a 29-28 either way. And Norman Park as well kind of got bitten in the middle of it. There was a video going around, which was... Something that I suppose afterwards, and if you had instant replay, you'd take a point, but it's impossible for the kind of referee to see it as it happens. But tell us what the fight was. It a good fight? Was it a close fight? How would you score
1: it? Yeah, it was a very close fight. Um, I actually missed the first minute of it while I was trying to get the stream open running properly. But um, I think um, I think Norm, I think normal Norman definitely edged out the, the second and the third round. But I kind of had the feeling that uh, he hadn't done enough in being in your man uh, being the champion there and it being. Uh, Foreign, foreign territory for for Norman. So, I, um, it, it it was it was very very close. But uh, I think a lot of a lot of Norman park fights are. But I think this one maybe was a little less close <laughs> than uh, some of the, the other Norman park fights. I think, I think, um, I think maybe if that was in uh, the UK or or maybe in a different venue where where the crowd aren't screaming for for everything Gamrot was doing and not reacting and no selling the Norman thing. Uh, might have been a different story. Um, yeah, the ref, Norm, normal, complained to the ref about being bitten. Um, when he when uh the ref called the time out, then and seemed to just look at the finger and kind of agree that he'd been bitten, and then just restart the fight. I don't know. I don't know what the procedure is meant to be on a bite. Uh, you're probably meant to be DQ'd, I'd say. But it obviously, it's a hard one to 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 see, and you can't be taking fighter's words word for it. even. I suppose if there's a bite mark on their thumb, you kind of, you have to see it to give it really, don't you? So it's, yeah, it's yeah. a tough one. So he'd probably feel a bit, uh, a bit screwed Norman. <clears throat> maybe, maybe, um maybe if it was uh in a, in a again in, in a different country, he might've uh, had a point taken and it would've changed the result of the fight. But you kind of know going before you, before when you signed a contract that you're going into enemy, enemy, enemy territory that uh. That you're going to have to win the fight clearly to get the decision to guarantee the decision. So, uh, it was unfortunate for Norman, but um, hopefully he won't. He was kind of mentioned retiring before this fight, but hopefully he won't go out like that. Uh, I don't think he will. Um, uh, as we said before, MMA retirements never last. Rumble Johnson's already talking about being back, so yeah, I'd What's say Norman crack- will be back
0: too. What's the crack as well? Like, how many people? There's like 60,000 people who was in the stadium, wasn't it? Uh, why is that not five rounds? Like I'm, I'm one for like maybe and Cage Warriors and stuff. I don't mind if they go three rounds. Like, you know, the, where where there's a thousand people in the venue or whatever, or two or three thousand. But this is sixty thousand. Like, you should be able to pay those lads well enough so they can fight five rounds when it's in a title fight. Like, why why is it only three rounds? I wonder.
1: Mm, yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know, but. Uh... Do you think if it five, would have
0: gone on in a few rounds, who was in the ascendancy? Like, was it, was it Norman going in there? Uh, I think
1: Norman was the fresher of the two. I think uh, I think your man was very, very tired, so it probably would have benefited Norman, but when you when you start the fight now into this five round or three rounds out of five rounds, you might fight the fight a bit yeah. differently, so it's it's kind of hard to, to you can't just tag on two rounds in the middle. <laughs> Sorry, lads, two more. <laughs> yeah,
0: like, I think, I've said it for a while, I think he'd be a great fit for Bellator even, if he went there. Like, I think that Paul Redmond rematch is another one that definitely even if it was a bama main event or something like that for i think they have a still have, it was actually that fight was for the belt wasn't it and norman missed weight so he didn't win the belt like yeah. they could do that again even do it for five rounds oh, that'd be a very very good fight or norman and, and uh and paul redmond that could definitely be in the, on the main card of a bellator uh, card if it came to dublin or whatever right like norman has a, a lot to offer you know he's obviously northern ireland is, is a market as well that they've come to like who is there anyone else well i suppose james gallagher maybe and him would be vying for the biggest fighter in in, in northern ireland now like i definitely think they can take go back there again and the, you know you have the likes of philpot as well but i think norman is definitely an asset uh, you know to the ufc or to more than likely bellator like a lot of people were and i don't think he should have got released from the ufc when he did and Definitely when there was a you know there was an Northern Ireland character coming up, which turned out to be, you know, pretty bad, pretty, pretty low-key. And he definitely like look look at the ovation Arthur Lobov got, you know, what what would that have been like for Norman Park a few miles down the road? You know, that would have been unbelievable. And I did, I definitely think someone like Bellator, who put put on, you know, fights over London a couple of weeks ago with London guys. Who put on, you know, who are putting Chris Fields in the main event when they were in Ireland, you know, who will do that? I think he'd be a good pickup for them, and I definitely think, you know, in the UK or Ireland or in Northern Ireland, he could, uh, he could definitely have fights for there. So yeah, I hope he doesn't retire either.
1: Yeah, yeah once I don't, I, he's only about thirty. I'd say, I'd say he'll have uh, plenty more fights in him.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, ONE FC as well had a, a couple of fights this weekend. Uh, Ben Askren and Angelique. First, we, we'll talk about Angela Lee first. I I saw a fight anyway. I don't know you, but um, she was fighting the, the the person who she was fighting was a a Brazilian uh, Mai Thai specialist who so was actually very very good on the feet and gave uh give Lee a little bit of trouble. Um, her you know her striking if she was to go into the UFC if you're looking at it that way. I think she gets thrown, shown up for her strike in there, but she's very brave. She she actually hits very hard as well, but it, defensively is where she uh, she gets into trouble. Good takedowns again. She got a good, um, kind of, remember uh, Michelle Watterson took Paige Van down with kind of the headlock and, and took her down, went for the twister, almost got the twister, and then kind of got a a Japanese necktie anaconda joke, which, which I've called a Japanaconda. So um, that was that was a pretty uh, pretty nifty finish, and uh, it was pretty good. You you read Angelelli? Lee? Did you see the fight? What do you think of it?
1: I just saw the the finish, but uh, yeah, she she looks like a serious <clears throat> prospect. Um, and as you say, your, your one uh, Nunez didn't look bad either. She she uh, she probably won't. Uh, we might see um, much more of in the future as well. So uh, the 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 main fight on that card though was was the Ben Askren fight. Um, I saw beforehand though that you know there isn't there isn't very many people he can fight out there. But the guy he's fighting was was uh, was undefeated. But it, I think his opponents were were combined eighteen and seventeen or something. So they're they're not exactly stellar opponents. But that's when when you're given an opponent like that that's below below your 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 level like Ben Askren was, you're supposed to just go in there and immediately choke them out or knock them out. So he, he can only beat what's in front of him. But um, the interest is waning uh, massively in this Ben Askren. Like when Ben Askren first went to ONE FC, there was big, big uh, talk online, articles, videos. Reddit was talking about him. The forums, people were were twittering about him, tweeting about him. Sorry. <laughs> um. Now, now when he before this one, there was there was very little. There was very little. So he, I think he needs to get out of there and get back into Bellator. Uh, if if the U if he, if the UFC isn't going to happen uh as soon as possible, really. Yeah. Before people, before he's a forgotten man,
0: I don't think Bellator want him to be honest. Um, but, uh, it, it's he's in a tough situation because where does it go? I think Ryzen might be a good fit for him, but do they want him? They're kind of been mm. on exciting things, you know. I don't who think could they have fight they him fight over there
1: as well, though,
0: you know. Yeah, I so it's like I don't know who have them, I mean, I'm not sure, but like, they like they've darn crook shanky, probably just take him down and laying him, and he's fighting a lightweight as well, you know. Who else have they? Yeah, I'm not sure they've uh. Um, Cowagiri, I suppose he's fighting lightweight, featherweight as well, a bit too small. You know, yeah, it, it's tough to know. Like, Bellator would be a great place for him, you know. Lots of welterweights, the Koreshkov rematch. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a brilliant fight. Like, I think Koreshkov would beat him this time. You know, they have Binton an Anderson, that'd be a very, very good fight. Um, you know, Rory McDonald against Ben Askren. I think Rory would absolutely destroy him, but uh, yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd <laughs> like Murder to see him. it. Yeah, like, ben, it, but you, with Ben Askren, you don't know he goes around and he says he's the best fighter in the world and like stand he could be so bad though yeah it, it's awful but he could he could go in there and take rory mcdonald down like he's wrestling in fairness like he's a very 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 good wrestler and shown you know at the top level in wrestling as well so he you know he could do it i'd like to see it you know i'd love to see him fight rory mcdonald but, you know i'd love to see him right. in the ufc fighting you know uh yeah. by thompson or fighting tyron woodley or someone like that but you know, like there's it, barely it any moves, interesting
1: fight there, of the Bellator and the UFC firm, so we need to get okay, the UC Dana White doesn't like him okay, fair enough uh, he, should, he should talk and try and, try and um, get back into Bellator, because as you're saying, like, that, or as I was saying the Kreshkov fight, as you're saying, Benson Henderson even Mike Chandler, if he wants to, to, to fight a welterweight, if, if he can clear out the division, there's, there's options there You know, there, there's other options, Lima as well uh, even even Paul Daly Roy McDonald, as you were saying, M V P like I'd watch all that. I'd love to watch all them. Ben Aspen for all them
0: people. I have the answer. One F C sign Husimar Palaris and do it immediately.
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, that, yeah. that would be a good fight. Like, I'd watch ooh, that.
0: I'd watch the shit out of that. Miller over there, Yeah,
1: he's probably banned for something at the moment. That was he?
0: He'll <laughs> right, be all right. Uh, sure. Where where are They'll find him find Malaysia? They have no rules over there. It'd be grand. Um, he, he called out the uh, middleweight champion, which I suppose is one way of you know champion versus champion. but I don't know who that dude is. Like mm. he'd more than likely destroy him. You know. So yeah, yeah. Sure. It's disappointing. Yeah, come on, Ben. Come to come to America. We we'll, we we'll love you here.
1: Um, here in america, <laughs>
0: here <are> in america. <laughs> as we see here at uh, 5 p.m uh et or whatever it is right we'll get to ufc 212 and we'll, we'll talk a lot. we've another few miscellaneous things to talk about uh after that but yeah let's get to ufc 212 which is a pretty pretty good card We'll we'll talk about the undercard a couple of the undercard fights first before we get to the to the main event. And one I know you're very interested in is uh, Marlon Moraes against Rafael Assenza. People listening to this, they might have seen World Series of Fighting. You have no life, and you just stay up all night and watch World Series of fighting on the stream. So tell us about Marlon Moraes. What do people expect about him? Um, he's very
1: exciting, heavy leg kicks. But uh, this is no this is no easy fight uh, mm-hmm. coming in here. This is. Um, this it is known to be really, really difficult to fight against. His fights may not be exciting, but he he makes people look shit. That's what he does usually. <laughs> so he could, um, um, maybe the UFC wanted to give him a dose of, uh, or want to kind of put out to the fans like, uh, "Okay, people have been talking about this guy for years, but here's a here's a tough style matchup in your first UFC." And um, they're not definitely not giving him the, the the slow build or the any kind of. Any kind of easy fight here, Um, the odds are, are big and I, I looked at it a few days ago, I think the odds are big in Moraes' favor, but it's hard to know this one, you know, um, he's never fought anybody of the, of the level of Say. I, I think, and the, the style matchup as well, Um, if he catches one of them leg kicks and gets on top, it, 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 it could be a long night, but this one could go either way, and it's probably going to be a very, very close decision, like a lot of Say fights are
0: yeah I definitely agree with that you know I think if it went to the ground I think Marais would, would do pretty well there I love you know Aston's is good as well but one thing that's that's the biggest difference and I, there's a um, TP Grant over on Twitter was talking about Patrick I was talking about it I've talked about it a hundred times in this podcast before it's stri- um striking Is a huge thing when you get to the top level, and make no mistake about Rafael. Rafael Since I was up there, he's beaten TJ Dillashaw. You know, he fought TJ Dillashaw two fights ago. He's right up there, and when you get to the top of the division, you know, maybe lower down in the divisions, wrestling is more important. You know, and if you don't have wrestling, you kind of get shown up and beaten. But at the top of the division, I think striking is way more important. And if you don't have the excellent striking that you need, you get shown up. And I think Marais is obviously a very good striker. We've seen him strike a lot, but against two you know the likes of josh near and guys like that who he's been fighting for the last few years in world series of fighting you know or sorry josh hill uh he not, hasn't hasn't really had that many big you know big test fight chase bb uh cody um, bollinger uh, who fell out of the UFC. he fought tyson nam who's obviously a very good striker as well and uh miguel miguel torres a few years ago but you know, this is a this is a big, big telling fight for uh, for Marlon Moraes here, and you know I rate him very, very highly, but I rate Af- Rafael, Rafael Sao very highly as well. So I, that, for me, I agree with you. I think it's a it's a fifty fifty fight, and you know I'm not sure yeah, about that. Actually, one. T- thinking
1: about it more, I'm actually probably I probably lean towards Alcansal. I actually probably go with Alcansal just because it's a it's a first time in in the UFC for There'll be a bit of extra pressure on him, and um. Austin was going to say, has, has fought the best of the best, as you were saying, like T D Dillashaw twice. Uh, like um, he's he's very very good. Um, injuries have maybe held him back a bit, but he comes back off big injury layoffs and he and he he wins. He beats people like Pedro Munoz, is very highly rated. He he went through him pretty easily. Like he won a, a convincing decision over him. And yeah, Josh Hill is a good fighter, but he's definitely nowhere near T D Dillashaw. You know. Um, so, I'd, yeah, I'd actually probably go with Asseo in the fight, but it's, it's a really interesting one, and um, it, I think the odds are, are a bit skewed as well. I think uh, I think it's definitely, uh, definitely a much closer fight. It's, as you say, it's probably about a 50-50 fight.
0: Yeah, back back that one to go to the decision. I think that'd be a good that'd be a good bet. But uh yeah, I'll have my yeah. up during the week in that one anyway. You'll be able to see it. Uh, Eric Spicy's on this card as well against Antonio Carlos Jr. I'm big fan of Eric Spicely, you know, knockout artist, very good on underground, you know, came off the, the ultimate fighter and maybe, you know, maybe was the one of those guys that flew under the radar a little bit, had didn't have the best performances there. But since he's come to the UFC, he's looked very, very good. So I'm looking forward to seeing that on the uh, on the undercard, Johnny Eduardo, Yuri Alcantara there as well, and uh, Judo Jimmy Wallet on the the fight pass prelims as well coming over from uh from scotland a local guy here so that uh they should all be good to see but the main card apart from polo bohachina against olowale bambose who uh that could be a fun fight as well but there's four not bad fights with guys we know uh other outside of that eric silva against yancy Medeiros. i suppose that's kind of that's that's the hardcore fans dream you know yancy mineros was a guy who a lot of people thought could be good but maybe as his chin mm. has maybe a lot held up a little bit as well uh eric silva is one of those guys as well who's a prospect for about 10 years and now it's kind of just in fun fights
1: yeah 30 something year old uh, hot prospect him and johnny eduardo
0: <laughs> I find that one a uh, hard one to pick as well because you know you never know what Eric Silva is going to turn up. If it's good, Eric Silva, he'll probably win. But if it's bad, Eric yeah, Silva first game player, but, yeah,
1: if it starts go, if it starts going long, uh, he uh, he he starts to falter. And since um, since a certain um, program was instituted in the UCE, hasn't looked in the best shape. So uh, what's that? The Reebok.
0: Yeah, Reebok? I think
1: uh, yeah, they, yeah. I think they spelled his name wrong and I fucked him up. So.
0: Uh, yeah, i <laughs> leave that one there. I I don't know what you're talking about, I, but I think Anthony Medeiros is a little bit gonna, <laughs> he's a good read. I'm gonna go for Eric Silva voice submission. On that one, there you go. Uh, Vitor Belfort against Nate Markart. I suppose we'll probably talk about vitor next week and and the greatest career career he's had which will be carrying on in japan with a shitload of trt probably in about six months so that should be fun but this is going to be his last ufc fight against state record another guy who's been knocked out more times a than we can count and probably yeah. fighting for the good of yeah,
1: i actually like this fight for, for vitor it's a uh, um, surprise you see if he's saying he's retired and gave him such a such a nice style matchup really um they usually uh, sell you down the river and give you a prospect that you stand pretty much no chance against, but um, maybe they don't believe Vitor's uh, retirement plans.
0: This is a light heavyweight as well, according to Wikipedia. Yeah. yeah Nick like has been a welterweight for most of his career, hasn't he? So that could be a... That could be an issue. I, I fancy Vitor as a, Like, I could see this being another spin and back kick knockout early in the first 90 seconds of the fight. Possibly. You know? Yeah, it's
1: going to be early, I think. Uh, early blitz from, from Vitor. And I don't know if Mark Ward's uh, chin can take it.
0: Yeah, Mark Hart, for the last couple of fights, I think he got knocked out in one of them, but in a couple of them, he kind of... He was doing a little bit better. His his uh shot avoidance and his wrestling was getting a little bit better. Uh so if he was to do that, if he was to weather the early storm from Vitor, I think he can definitely win. If if this goes into the second and third round, it's definitely a marker arts fight. But i agree with you. I think uh I think Vitor will, will win that one. Um the comment event, Claudia Gadalia against Karolina Kovalkiewicz is a is a pretty fascinating fight for me. I I was writing my preview about it there a couple of days ago. And I think Karolina Kovalevich is, is one of those people that had a lot of good fights before she got to UNA and Jacek, and then she fought in a different manner than how, than how she usually fights and lost. Obviously, she UNA won one good shot and and uh, nearly knocked her out, but other than that, Unai just kind of dominated her. Um, I think this is this is all about the takedown. And it's all about range as well. If, if Kovalk- Kovalkovic against yeah, Jacek is for me to say, she kind of got in the pocket and she fought with her there. But if she can, if she does that with gadelia she could win, but I think it'll be 50-50. But if she says outside of the pocket, at long range, comes in, uses her footwork, you know, hits Gedelia, one, two, three, gets back out... That'll not only have her win the striking, but it'll also stop gadelia from getting takedowns. So if she can do that, I think she win. If she can't do that, I think Gadelia will, will have a good um, fight on the feet, and I think she'll be able to take her down as well.
1: I think uh, the three rounds really benefits Gedelia. I think yeah. she's very, very dominant, uh, or very, very strong and uh, um, relentless early on. with uh, The first two rounds, anyway, with her, with her takedowns and her top control, uh, if it was a five-round fight, it, it, you'd probably have to lean towards uh, Carolina, Carolina. But I think I think Gadelia will take the first two rounds and probably be a, a bit tired, a bit gassed, and, and lose the, the third round, but just uh, win the close split decision in Brazil.
0: Yeah, I think G- Gadelia win a unanimous decision here. I think I, I have big questions over Kovalevich's fight IQ, to be honest. Yeah, sorry, by
1: split decision, I mean, uh, I mean um, like two to one. Not, not like I'm not predicting that. Judge oh, yeah. Will, okay, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> one That's judge will pick one fighter, and the other two will pick the other two.
0: But, yeah, yeah, that is a bit odd. Yeah, but yeah, I'd be surprised to be honest if Gadda didn't win all three rounds. To be honest, um, I think she's a little bit more athletic, a little faster, a little stronger everywhere. Uh, but as I say, if Kovalkiewicz, a little bit like Jessica Andraj against uh, Jinjacic, if she can have the right game plan, I think there is definitely ways she can win the fight, and there's definitely more ways Kovalkiewicz can win this fight than there was Andraj could win against uh, Jinjacic. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It, it should be good, uh, like. Kovalevich definitely is one like I wrote my preview before her fight with jJ and I was kind of very disappointed about how she fought like there when there's ways for you to win a fight and you just don't do it you know like anthony johnson against d c as well you know it's, it's very kind of disappointing and you you don't see it coming and they must be like extremely disappointed in themselves but if she can pull it out against in this one against Kedelia i definitely think there's uh there is a way she can do it but I'd have to fancy Kedelia uh the main event then jose aldo max Holloway. i said on, on twitter during the week i think this has a prospect of being fight here. two absolutely brilliant fighters how do you see it going? Hmm, I,
1: I i i think aldo's gonna win i think um i think he's just his basics are so good on the feet and if it starts going wrong from on the feet i think he can i think he can work the takedowns um and the wrestling game and he's very good at, at edging out rounds and um He's just a master, master of it, really, and his his takedown game is is very underrated as well. Um, but but it it's it's really it's a really tough one. It's 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 going to be a great fight, I think. Uh, but I think his uh, it's hard to know with Holloway because we haven't really seen him uh, on his back recently. Um, but I I think I think Aldo can put him there if he needs to. Uh. And I think that'll be the key to, to edging out some rounds for, for Aldo if he can't beat him on the feet, which which is n- not a guarantee either. But um, I think Aldo will probably edge him on the feet as well, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Look, for me, I think this is a, a very, very complicated fight. And I think it's a very, very good fight. Look, I think, I think Max Holloway is one of these guys who has improved so much because he's gotten a lot more confident in his striking. He's someone who will stand in the pocket and he'll exchange with you and he'll hit you because he's faster than you more than you'll hit him you know and he's one of those guys that just brings brings so much kind of audacity and he just you know he will go head first at you that most people kind of not get scared of it but kind of wilt under that pressure even someone like Anthony Pettis who's very very good and who I thought if if the fight played out like that would be able to beat uh, um, Max Holloway but he wasn't but Jose Aldo, he's a different beast. You know, if, if you get into kind of a hook and matchup with Jose Aldo, that's one of the worst things you can do. You know, he's unbelievable there. Now, Max Holloway has a little bit of extra reach in him, and I'm sure he's going to try to use that. He could have a little bit of extra power on him as well. I suppose that's one that, that we'll think about. But look, for me, if Max Holloway fights this fight where He's trying to keep Aldo at the end of his jab, and he's trying to come in, which he he normally does, with one, two, three, four shots. I think that's going to be a tough fight for him to win, because Aldo is very, very good defensively. He will smash your leg kick when you're coming in like that. uh, Or, sorry, he'll smash your leg with a kick when you're coming in like that, and he'll come over the top with a hook and knock you down or hurt you when you leave yourself open coming in. So, like does that mean max holloway will fight a fight where he's jabbing on the outside and staying on the outside more than coming in is it going to be a more refined max holloway is that max holloway going to be as good as the max holloway we're used to seeing there's a lot of variables coming into this one no i think if Aldo fights like he does and holloway fights like he does we're going to have an absolute barn burner just a a, a rock'em sock'em robots fight in the pocket i can't wait
1: yeah, I think we're going to see the best Holloway we've ever seen. I think he's been making big strides in between each fight, but I just think Jose Aldo is, is he's Jose Aldo. I think people, uh, okay, a lot, a lot of people have a lasting memory of Jose Aldo being KO'd by Conor McGregor uh, embarrassingly, but even since then, the, the way he just, just took apart Frank Jaeger so so easily, um, he's just a master Uh uh, all around Jose Aldo, like his his takedown defense is unbelievable Um, his, his grappling is top level, his striking is top level his Muay Thai is top level Um, and, and Max Holloway is going to be trying to go Muay Thai to Muay Thai I know he has a few little tricks and stuff but I I just think Jose Aldo is is, is just going to be too much for him Um, and Jose Aldo is willing to kind of take a re- the first round to kind of feel you out and throw a few faints and kind of see what you're going to do and Take it from there. Um, so I just see him being a bit too experienced and just a bit too a bit too good everywhere for Holloway to be honest.
0: Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing in this fight, a little bit like uh, like Gustafsson Tronis Hooker and his uh, and his uppercut last night, is the jab. And I think you know we I talked about their, you know a hook and battle in the middle rock and sock and robots, that can only happen. If the battle for the jabs isn't conclusive, if there isn't a conclusive winner there, no uh, Max Holloway sets up most of his things, most of his shots by jabbing. Getting someone backing up and then running at him, and hit him with three, four, five shots. Jose Aldo, look at him. Look at any of his fights. He's just jabbing, jabbing. He's not hitting, but he's just faking, faking. He's his front hand is moving all the time. If he can get that jab in the face of Max Holloway and get Max Holloway going backwards, and Holloway can't get forward, he can't get you know on the front foot with that jab to land his four, five, six shots. He's high output. That's Max Holloway finish for me. You know that's going to be very very hard. So I think if Jose Aldo can win that jab and jab and battle, which he has in almost all of his fights that he's ever fought, I think it's going to be a very very tough night mm. at, for Max Holloway. Yeah.
1: I think the second uh, the second Mendez fight with Aldo, if if Aldo fights like that, where he gets into prolonged exchanges and kind of fights a bit more aggressive than usual, I think Holloway has a better chance. But I think I think I don't think Aldo will fight like that. I think. I think Aldo will be will be very uh, methodical in this fight, and we'll will stick to a to a game plan. And and as I said, if the striking starts going wrong, I think he'll mix in some takedowns and some top control to, to edge out rounds. Uh, it's, it's a bad star matchup, I think, for Max Holloway. I think I think Aldo's going to going to probably win four or five of the rounds, but there probably there probably be a lot of all the rounds will probably be close, but he'll probably edge them out.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with that. Yeah, look, if it gets into the uh, that pocket battle that I talk about, it's going to be tough to beat Josel, as I said. But Max Holloway, I think he is l- l- definitely less sharp-witted. You know, he hasn't taken a knockout like the one Aldo took against McGregor. He hasn't been in wars like the war uh, Aldo was in with uh, with Chad I Mendes, where he got knocked down. Uh, you know, at least once in that fight. Tough fights with Frank Edgar as well recently, although he won them yeah. well, but. Can Holloway take more damage? Probably does. Yeah, does he hit harder? I think he probably does as well. But he has to get the chance to do that before he can do it. Now he might very well do that, and if he does, he'll he'll probably win. But like, I can see this fight being jab, jab, leg kick, overhand right, kind of a more of a right hook around the corner from Aldo catching Holloway, but. You know, this is really a sign of how good Max Holloway is. You know, and if he is that good, we're going to have a brilliant fight because we know Jose Aldo is that good. You know, he's proven that over and over and over. As mm-hmm. you said, there, it's it's a pity in one way that Conor McGregor knocked him out so fast because that's what people think of first. Whereas, in my opinion, Jose Aldo is in the top three or four greatest fighters of all time. Discussion for me, he's just absolutely brilliant. You know, yeah. uh, Grabac, a hitman, put up um, a thing about. Who do you think is, is the best champion to destroy a challenger? Or no the, well, yeah, something like that in title fights anyway. And uh like if you look at uh, like Dimitri Shanson against Chris Cariasso and guys like that, you know, Joe Soto against TJ Lidish, there have been a lot of fights like that, but Jose Aldo has done that to Frankie Edgar, you know, yeah. he's done that to Chad Mendes, you know, he's done that to really, really good guys. And that's you know that's the mark of a man. You know people talk about Mighty Mouse all the time and say, "Oh, how can he be great? Because he's not fighting great fighters." Well, Jose Aldo is fighting great fighters, and he's looking good and absolutely destroying him as well. He's one. He really is one of the greatest fighters of all time for me. Yeah.
1: I think I think Holloway's uh, his aggression, his relentlessness, and his his uh, his combos. Uh, a lot of people crumble against that. They're not used to dealing with it. But Jose Aldo is just gonna he's capable of his countering he's not going to be overwhelmed by uh constant pressure He's he's been there before and he's going to be able to he's going to be able to to just edge out the rounds i think as i say but you know as we're saying like you know max holloway's been getting a lot better in between fights maybe he makes <clears throat> maybe he's made more strides than, he sh- than he's shown and maybe this is his big breakout moment and maybe we'll be looking back like we were after after dominic cruz and cody garbrandt and saying mm, we should have known kind of thing we should we should have seen this coming yeah. But I, but I just, I, I, just think, as you're saying, he's one of the top four or five pound for pound fighters ever. Uh, he was, he was undefeated in ten years before he lost to Connor. He was pound for pound number one on on them stupid UFC rankings. But he would probably deserve it of being there, or at least in the top two or three anyway. So, uh he's a, he's a very very top level fighter, and uh, Max Holloway as as. Has, since he lost to Conor McGregor, he hasn't he hasn't fought anybody like uh, Jose Aldo, and I think Jose Aldo's fought higher level competition in Frankie Eger and he he beat him pretty handily. Um, but yeah, uh, we mentioned as well like uh, the damage that that Jose is taking compared to Max Holloway is is, is definitely there's definitely something there. But um, yeah, I, I'm picking Aldo to to win four or five rounds.
0: Yeah, I I'd agree with that. Look, just one one final thing on Max Holloway because we might be talking a little bit too much about Josie Aldo and his brilliance. Like for me, Max Holloway is the most improved fighter in the UFC over the last what two three years, and he's he's improved an awful lot. Like watching his watching his fights, uh, do my preview for this this card, like. You know. He's he's a violent motherfucker. Like you know, he, he will get in there and he'll you know he'll throw down. Like even with someone like Ricardo Lamas, you know he's not the best fighter in the world, but Ricardo Lamas can hit hard. You know he's a dangerous guy, especially with his kicks. And you know Holloway just go, goes in there and, and trades with him. Anthony Pettis as well, just went toe to toe with him and destroyed him. So you know this, I really think this is going to be fight of the year because Max Holloway. I remember talking about in the podcast with, with Andrew maybe uh, eighteen months ago or something like that. And he still wasn't there for me. You know, he still wasn't at that level. But now I think he is, you know, he he is, he is pushed on an awful lot again. And I think, you know, I, I'm picking Aldo, but I wouldn't be surprised if Holloway won as well. But I just think fighters like Jose Aldo don't come on, on you know, don't come along. That often, and it's going to take someone really, really special to beat him. And I think Max Alda is really special, but I don't know if he's really, really special. So
1: people, be- people are going to blame you, and uh, when this fight stinks for calling it fight of the year uh, several times. I, how could
0: it stink, though? How could one, one way it could stink, I suppose. And something that people kind of forget about Max Holloway is his wrestling, and you mentioned it. Like Max Holloway was taken down by Conor McGregor for two rounds not that long ago, and I know he's on definitely one improved. Leg. Yeah, I know he's improved since then. But, like, put Conor McGregor's wrestling in there against, you know, Jose Aldo's wrestling or um, Frank Edgar's wrestling or someone like that. And, obviously, you know, it, it's it's obviously underrated, but it wouldn't stand up against him, I don't think. Like, if Jose Aldo wants to take this down, this fight to the ground, I think he probably can take this fight to the ground. So, that's that's yeah. maybe... I think, I, think, I think Holloway's
1: a different animal, but, yeah, I definitely think that uh, since the Holloway of now is a different animal from where he was when he fought uh, McGregor, especially... Uh, on the ground or in his takedown defense and his uh, his self belief, uh, but um, yeah, as you say, Jose Aldo is is a master of mixed martial arts.
0: Yeah, hundred percent agree on that one, Graham. Right before we get to your questions, we have one or two more things. The athlete retreat was this week. <laughs> <laughs> Great, Great and, uh, Really worked out. <laughs> what about what before we get? That what about Neil Siri and Artem Labov? (laughs) (laughs)
1: He broke him. He's a broken man now. Siri broke him. He he was he was trying to laugh along at the start, but you could see you could see in his eyes that it it was getting to him by the end. Poor old (laughs) Artem. (laughs)
0: He got in a bollocks and stuff, and telling Rashad Evans how you get the doll and they just give you free money in Ireland. Just uh, (laughs) Neil Siri. If you haven't seen it, go to Neil Siri's Instagram. It was the highlight of last week for me. It was fucking hilarious. But um, I suppose the bigger news was. Was Angela Magana getting thumped in the head by Chris Haybar? Oh, I thought you were going to say the Budweiser guy. Uh, that was... <laughs> I, don't, I don't think. Well, I think Kobe Bryant t- telling people how to invest their money when he's getting like eighty million a year was a bit stupid. Like these people are on the uh, after tax like eight grand a year, and you're telling them how to invest money. They're yeah. you know, they're investing money in? Fucking food. What are you talking about? Like
1: it's kind of. It, it, I, I thought it was kind of <laughs> sad that people were applauding Leslie Smith for asking a question that she, that they all should be asking. <laughs> it's, it's it's these you, you got to make it happen for yourselves. Nobody's going to make it happen for you. So it shouldn't be a big achievement to ask a question to kobe bryant like should there be a union or an association and how much how much does that help and it just uh, shows a bit how uh, i think afraid people are of the of the ufc that uh they they think that's a big achievement to, to ask that question
0: yeah and i think it was a good opportunity as well for them to all get together and have a meeting about farming apparently
1: union. there was some kind of secret uh communications going on <laughs> what was, what, was
0: neil siri out of his head was he it, well,
1: he'd fucking ruin the whole thing can't trust that guy never trust a north sider no definitely not are
0: you you from the south side here i thought you were from the north side
1: i'm a west sider originally but uh yeah
0: well there's only north or south now come on which one are you South 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 side south side. posh bastard all you are. You play I'm Not I'm not as posh as
1: not as posh as uh, as uh Joe McCulligan though.
0: No, I I I, uh, <laughs> I heard you your are so far uh, you're so far west that you'd never live in media. Yeah? I was in Dublin myself this week. It was terrible. As usual pissing around Dublin some shit all. But anyway, back to the uh, UFC at retreat. Right? Uh yeah, so Angela McGanya talked a lot of shit about Chris Cyborg online. Chris Cyborg went up there and go, oh you talk shit about me?" What do you what you doing, Angela Maganya And then Angela McGann goes, I can say what I want. And then Chris Eyberg smashed her in the face. Not too bad, though. There was a video of it, but it was hard to see. Uh what did, what did you think of the whole thing? Do you think she was right to hit her? Do you think it was you can't do that? It's illegal. I, you,
1: yeah, you can't be doing that. Um Yeah, you can't be doing that. Um it just it just is like you're just asking for trouble, really. You're just asking for the police to get involved, or you're asking you're asking for a fine. You're asking, you're just asking for trouble and it's just stupid. It just, uh, she obviously didn't plan it. it just uh, got angry at the time and threw the punch. But um, a lot of people don't like you already, and you seem Cyborg seems to to want people to like her, but you're you're just giving the people who don't like you another reason, another reason to not like you. But luckily, nobody likes Angel, Angela McAnja, so she probably couldn't have picked a better person to punch in most people's eyes.
0: Yeah, yeah. I like. I thought, as I said, I thought the most shocking thing about this is Angela Maganya still in the UFC. Like <laughs> I saw that coming, like it was insane.
1: She, but Kim Kardashian on it, didn't she? She she leaked some uh, leaked some uh,
0: materials. Yeah, I didn't see them now personally, but I, I heard that all right. Um <laughs> <laughs> What was I going to say? Yeah, look, I think two, there was two reactions to this when it started, and the first one was, she's a fighter. She thinks differently to you. You know, I heard a lot of people saying that. Well, look if she's a fighter and she wants to be violent, that's why MMA exists. So she can go into a cage and fight. You don't fucking fight outside of the cage. That's tuggery. Like that's assault. You just don't do that. You know, and that's, I think that's that. Like, you know, you, you if, if you are like that, you should, you know, that's a wrong way to think. If that's the way you think, you shouldn't be thinking like that. You can't be hitting people in the street. And I think another thing was, a lot of people were saying, what's the difference between this and, and Kevin Lee and Michael Chiesa? And I think the difference between that is, Michael I ran up to Kevin Lee and was attacking him, and I think Kevin Lee had every right to hit him because he was going to get attacked. You know, you have to defend yourself if someone's going to hit you. So, like, I don't I don't see anything wrong with that. So I think that's that. But, yeah, look.
1: Yeah, at least you have a fight to sell as well. You're, you, there's a benefit to doing it. <laughs> there's no benefit to, to this. Nobody wants to see uh, Angela versus Chris. So, Yeah. Um. Just stupid. <laughs> well, people would watch anything, but uh, that's not going to happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Look. Apparently, who who said it? I was listening to some podcasts and they said if you're going to hit someone, the best place to hit them is in uh, Las Vegas because a battery charge is only a misdemeanor or something, so she'll get away with it. So it uh, it probably makes no difference in the end. But I think the bigger issue this week for Chris Cyborg was Jermaine Narrandami saying she won't fight Chris Cyborg. I think she spoke to uh, MMAfighting.com. That's where I read the article anyway. And she's, <laughs> she said that Chris Cyborg is, is a known and proven cheater and that uh, she won't fight her for for that uh, for that reason uh what what was your reaction to this when you heard her first
1: it's the same stuff from the Me since she won the belt she she didn't want to fight uh maybe she's just she's just trying to get the, the the big money but um she's even though she has the belt the uc don't see her as the, the star they see cyborg as a star Everybody, all the fans see cyborg as a star so um she should, she should really want, Durandami should really want to fight uh, Cyborg if she believes in herself and if she, if she she thinks she's the best fighter in the world. And she can she can make herself a star if she, if she beats uh, Cyborg. But maybe it's a money thing. Maybe she's negotiating with the UFC. But I didn't hear she was out of contract. So she, she has a contract signed. So uh, the UFC don't have to tear that up and give her a new one if they don't want to. And uh, if, if she refuses to fight uh, for the UFC, uh, she'll have to retire because she won't be able to fight elsewhere uh, with Fights still after on a UFC contract, so uh, it's a strange one. But if you believe in yourself, why would you not want to fight Cyborg?
0: Believe, conceive, and achieve. If you believe
1: you're the best, if you believe you're you're you're, you're the you're the best in the world, you you want to beat the person who everybody thinks is the best in the world.
0: Yeah i think that's grand until you come up against chris Chris cyborg you know i know him let's be honest she you know she's more avoided and fucking well I was, I was gonna say something snappy like, there but i couldn't think anything
1: yeah was well, cyborg like i think cyborg um she's been fighting absolute cans yeah um like when she fought gina carano she got in a bit of trouble uh and gina carano like was, was a big star in mma but she, she wasn't exactly a, a high level martial artist um and she gave trouble to Cyborg, and uh, I know it's a different sport, but in kickboxing, Joanna Bears uh, beat the crap out of Cyborg. Yeah. So she's not invincible. Like, she if she gets hit with a big shot, she will go down. Like she went down against Joanna Bears, and she will go down. And like, if if you believe in yourself, you should be thinking that you can put her down.
0: I I think their enemy could beat her. You know, she, it's possible. I I think oh, you know, know, like That's the final. No, I, I love love get to excited. It.
1: Get excited about like um. Cyborg, she has this kind of aura, but I think I think um I think she's overrated. Even I think people think she's unstoppable, but she definitely isn't unstoppable.
0: Yeah, she's shoving on as well too. You know, the cutting weight has taken a lot of her, out of her body. She obviously she hasn't taken much damage or anything, but still, yeah. for the to like she's going to have to be stripped of the title if she refuses to fight Cyborg, because they're the only two people in the division. You know, there's. There's literally no one else in the division. Holly Holm fought at 145. She's gone back down. She's fighting Betsko here. Um, uh, Megan Anderson is still an in invicta. You know she hasn't been signed. They they signed the that person who can't strike, whose name I can't remember. The the blonde person who who's oh, yeah. oh Cindy know. Cindy Dandua, They signed her. She's oh a 145 pounder so and different a like 135 me. pound division. So there's literally two people in the division and one won't fight the other one what can you do like you (laughs) (laughs) can. is even in the division is Soiberg even in the division I don't know she's never fought in 145 in the UFC yeah so do you just disband it like what what do you do they're doing another tough and they're doing 125 pounds not 145 pounds like so they're not building division. I, like I said it from the start, that I didn't think they'd do it. And I think they're just doing it for Cyborg. And that, that's turned out to be 100% absolutely correct. So if you can't... You're, you have a division for Cyborg with two people, yet Cyborg can't fight for the title. Like, it's just a nightmare <laughs> situation for the UFC. You know, but... um Yeah.
1: It's, it's, it's a disaster, really. It actually is. It's a complete disaster, that division. It's the worst division in the history of the UFC by a mile. Ugh,
0: I don't know, light like, everywhere. It's pretty bad, but no,
1: nah, this is this is, <laughs> yeah, this is like this is no high point of this division whatsoever. Like, yeah, it is pretty bad. It's been a disaster since it got brought in. Yeah,
0: right. Before we get to the questions, one last thing, which has been a point of discussion this week, uh, Cody Garbrandt was forced to officially pull no. out of his fight with TJ Dillashaw, which I call the best fight coming up this year, and the cooler of putting yeah. on that again. Um, but the prospect then came up of TJ Dillashaw fighting dj demetrius johnson at 125 pounds look for me <clears throat> demetrius johnson then came out obviously and said uh oh, you need to work your way up you need to win a few fights 125 pounds <sighs> which look in one way it's great because everyone and he's uh you know everyone's trying to be conan mcgregor is trying to talk shit is trying to get money fights and all this demetrius johnson realizes there is no money fights there he realizes that he's His kind of thing is being that champion who beats all comers and comes up, so that's why he's doing it. And he thinks that is good. And he's one away
1: from beating Mm -hmm. Anderson's record that's the big thing, I think. That
0: is a big thing, yeah. But this is an opportunity for him to get the recognition he seeks. You know, he's doing all this thing, all these things, so he can be seen as the best fighter in the world, as the champion's champion, if you like. And this is a fight if TJ Dillashaw can make 120 25 pounds that makes him that you know I don't think anyone could not call him the best pound for pound fighter in the world if you beat TJ Dillashaw at 125 pounds like if I was Mighty Mouse I'd say if you could make 125 pounds I'll fight you and I'll beat you I think that's what he he should be saying you know look Greg Barger is a good fighter I don't think he beats Mighty Mouse I think TJ Dillashaw is a very very close fight you know that's a 50-50 fight for me I would absolutely love to see it but as I said I don't think he's doing himself any favors by by just dismissing that fight
1: yeah. Maybe he's trying to get the, the, the bigger money for it. He he's saying it's not a super fight. <laughs> you shouldn't be saying this stuff if you're gonna try and sell this as a super fight in, in a few months' time. So uh <laughs> it does look like DJ wants wants to do uh wants to do um the next contender in, in Borg to beat the record and then he obviously he he probably sees that as an easier matchup and uh then when he's done that maybe he sees he, he can be the most successful ever champion and then he can go do the quote super fight. But um yeah, you'd, you'd think you'd want to do it, but it, fighters are, are strange sometimes.
0: Yeah, I agree. All right, let's get to the questions, and we have a few of them this week, so we'll run through them. Harry Powell asks, what's your favorite fight? And he gives a few different, what's your favorite Pride fight? Ooh. My um, yards when he was little... really stoned. Oh, yeah takan origami was not go go Plata. unbelievable don't fry against takiyama was mine ufc fight oh yeah 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 a UFC fight mm. mine is diego sanchez against uh gilbert Menendez.
1: really um hmm this is a tough one um
0: Dun, 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 it's really cool. so many
1: there's so many good ones like if you look at that uh that like that Darren Elkins one like that was against <laughs> mirza Bechtage yeah, that, that was unreal. ridiculous like that was actually insane like if if if, if they were two kind of higher profile fighters that would probably be it yeah, that's very true in most people's minds so I'll go with that one
0: go on, so Bellator I think Michael Chandler against Eddie Alvarez
1: <sighs> which one
0: Did this was it the second one it was really good they're both really good, but... I think the
1: first one and the second one, I think the first one was probably better, to be honest. And then, yeah, they were both brilliant, though. Um, Those ones. Yeah, that, that was brilliant.
0: Cage Warriors. I think uh, Siri K-Joyers. against... Was it Mikel Salander? Was that his name? Salander, that was a very good fight. That was fight. a very yeah. good fight. Siri nearly got chalked out. Stood up, like, from the and arm jog, didn't he? And then what's, oh, he won by armbar, wasn't he? The end? Yeah. I was yeah,
1: he won by armbar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Conor McGregor-Buschinger fight was, was just special because of, of how ridiculous it was.
0: Was the Mulpeter um, fight, that was in Battlezone was it? It wasn't in... Uh, that was Battlezone, Battlezone, yeah. Battlezone, yeah. John
1: Donnelly, yeah. Yeah. And Bama. there was also a Rich Gory fight with Mopeter Muppet, that was ridiculous as well in, in Battlezone. Um, Bama. Um, it's
0: hard to hmm. Yeah. Duke and War was a good fight.
1: Yeah, that was very, very good. Um. It was kind of marred a bit by the the people were more were less talking yeah, about yeah, the fight and, battle, and talking yeah. about the decision, but I think uh, that it was actually kind of it didn't get the respect it deserved as a as a brilliant fight. Yeah,
0: 100 percent And he asked about glory as well, but this is an MMA podcast and we don't talk about footboxing. Um <laughs> Paul Garcia <laughs> at H Paul G asked a couple of questions here. Now, what are the most misspelled names in MMA? He says Habib, Ian Jacek, Ronda. Duke and watch Connor McGregor. I, I'd add Glover share into that. I've spelled share wrong in like thousand world articles before and didn't realise until recently that I was spelling it wrong. So there's an I, it's t-i-x-e-i-r-a and I was spelling it something else
1: for Tyrone it. Woodley.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, Connor is the worst one though. Definitely Connor. C O. It's so
1: simple, but like you can understand if somebody got a letter wrong in the check when they're trying to type it on their phone or something. Spelling Connor is, is a five-letter word. It's not difficult.
0: Yeah, 100%. Friend of the podcast, Mr. Podge, at one. Mr. Podge, all the way over in Australia. Um, he quotes a tweet about Yael Romero against Robert Whittaker. He says, uh, "Should is this the right choice to make this an interim title fight? Obviously, at middleweight. Uh, and who does Rockall fight next if this is the interim title? Well,
1: uh, all the interim title fights. Mo- nearly all interim title fights are stupid. Um the only time it really makes sense is when, like Hen and Barreau, when when Dominic Cruz was was injured for an ACL and then happened to get re-injured again, and it made sense. It probably went on a bit too long, where <clears throat> with, with Barrero not being promoted to the to the the full champion. But these days, you know, belts for everybody, um, they just mean way less than they used to mean the belts now. So because of because of this, so I would prefer if they stop doing this uh, interim stuff uh, so willy nilly. But uh, it doesn't seem it seems like they're going to keep doing it and. They're introducing introducing more belts uh, in the women's division um, as well, so it seems like belts for everybody.
0: Yeah, if Bisping actually is injured, I think maybe fair enough. But I'm not sure. It's like I, I could see this interim title fight being made, and then like two weeks before it, Bisping announces that he's fighting GSB. <laughs> I could yeah, see that. That's the like kind of that. stuff
1: that happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What happened to a good old fashioned number one contender bout? Yeah. Dana just lied too many times that people wouldn't believe him anymore. Yeah,
0: that is that is very true.
1: That's probably what happened to them. Now they need interim belts. <laughs>
0: Far, Farrell Connolly asked at Farrell Connolly if the Severe Man Talking Bros podcast lads were a boy band, who would they be?
1: <sighs> Somebody really bad. Uh, none of us can sing. Uh, can we? I can can you, sing. you sing? Yeah. No, you can't. Go on
0: Didn't sing there. Never know that you're my hero. <laughs>
1: Why did you go for that
0: song? <laughs> because it's, I don't know. <laughs> Tyson Fury came into my head. He's. I was singing it. Uh, uh, it, be? Yeah. Uh, it be, well. Yeah. See, I'm brilliant. I'd be the lead singer. we will we'll have somebody else sing for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I reckon Niall McGraw would be on bass. he would have to grow back the hair, but he'd just be slapping the bass there and with long hair. I reckon Pete's. a mad enough bastard to play the drums. I reckon you'd be, what would you be? You'd be like back and dancer, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Roddy. You actually would make a good Roddy, in fairness. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Nate, at at Nickeldea, thoughts on Francie Ingenard versus JDS? Oh!
1: Yeah, make it happen.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure about it, to be honest. (laughs) But I I kind of fear for Francie a little bit, but I think he'll, uh, he'll probably knock out JDS. Yeah, you know, if he can kind and of it'd do it, would be a really a, good uh,
1: test. It'd be a really good test of where he actually is. Um, if if he can just run through G- JDS, if he runs through everybody else, then we need to just give him a title shot.
0: I yeah, I think there's a way to bait, bait to beat G- JDS now. <laughs> if I can learn how to speak, like to push him back, be confident, and throw your shots hard, and just us. bait him. Yeah, bait him, bait <laughs> head of him, lad. Yeah, but I. Uh, I don't think the Kane fight makes much sense, but I think the JDS fight is a little bit better. But poor JDS, like he's just ever getting spammed. <laughs> <laughs> just ever getting spammed by by Steep. And now you're giving him fucking frenzy. Jesus, leave like, the poor man alone.
1: Was yeah, it, it'd be a tough, uh, it'd be a tough one for for JDS, but uh, he, he'd probably take it, and uh, I'd love to see it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree. Nick Lee again asks: What are your Liverpool and Man United combined starting 11s
1: Oh, that would take forever. We'd be arguing all
0: night. Here, I I'll go first, so I'll do it quickly. Obviously, De Gea and goals. Um, obviously, Valencia are right back. What are you man. trying to say about me? Anyway? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I go... Uh, I, uh, if we're going on the, the last year, if we're going on recent, I think Rojo should be definitely one centre-back anyway. Um, <laughs> and I think I'd probably put Boye in there as well. Who Left-back, none, none of Mahir would be ahead of both him. of them. No, nah, he wouldn't. None of them have a left back. So I'm just not going to put in a left back. We've no Jimmy left back. Milner.
1: So left. Jimmy Milner.
0: There's no left back. Well, That's a back three. You need a
1: penalty missed in the clutch game. He's your man.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Okay, I'd play the, <laughs> the back three. I know Vincent and the back three, but we got over that. I'd play um, Firmino on one wing.
1: On the wing? He's terrible on the wing, though.
0: I'd play Rashford on the other wing.
1: No, nah, Firmino's not a winger, though. He's, that's his worst position.
0: I play well. It doesn't matter. I'm just getting eleven players. I get. I have Pogba obviously in there. Um, I have Pogba and Coutinho as like dueling tens. Then I'd have who'd have holding midfielder, Carrick, Henderson. Obviously Henderson.
1: More. Emerson. Henderson or Chan would be ahead of Carrick. Like I like know. Chan
0: actually. I put Chan in. I like I rate Chan, and up front then. Um Who did I put in the row? I put Rashford in the other wing. Okay, up front. Who would Liverpool have? Okay, I'd have Zlatan, obviously, would be the first one.
1: Firmino would be up front. He's okay, crap on put, the way. Put He's way number, number
0: ten. ten. Who would we put in the other wing then? Martial, no Martial. Mkhitaryan, maybe? L'Alana 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 would have to
1: be in there somewhere. Lallana, <laughs> <there. Just, laughs> come on. I, I know really you hate him, him but let's
0: be honest. Shit. What are you talking about? A- average Adam. Dart.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it rhymes. It must be true. But it doesn't even rhyme. It's, just
0: fucking... it's good though. I like calling him that. But yeah, who else? Um, I don't know. Do you know who you have in the left wing? I have it. Grease, man. There you go. He's <laughs> <You're just>
1: making <laughs> up <don't you?
0: laughs> uh, That was good. I enjoyed that. Kevin um, uh, <laughs> Springett. I think you kind of agreed with a lot of my uh, selections, though, did you? Uh, uh, Gavin no, Springett. Oh, no,
1: no. well, you're having a laugh.
0: Oh, he's going He was brilliant this year and I hated it all last year. He
1: should have been sent off like four or five times for absolute disgrace. Okay, for okay.
0: Fair enough. He should have been sent off twice for them, right? How many games did Madham? How many games? For about 20 games. Is yeah, it? yeah. He's b- banned for six games, right? Fair enough. Two sent off. How many games? <laughs> it... <laughs> two, is that all? Why only <laughs> two? How many games did Madham miss this year, during due to injury? Uh, pff, probably, in the
1: Premier League, probably a good 10. There you go.
0: So that's your argument, God. Uh, who's next no, for the winner of DC the, versus Jones? Best Gustafson? player
1: has nothing to do with that. Previous what, injuries. Why
0: are you saying? Why are you saying him getting sent off? Then is it something that to do with? Because
1: he's a liability to just dive in like a maniac
0: at any moment. Yeah, he never got sent off. He lives on the edge. <laughs> would you, would you, do you Gustafson fight uh, or or Jimmy Manoa one shot one gale fight DC versus Jones next? Yeah, you know, um, you know.
1: oh yeah, guess yeah, Gustafson
0: me too uh shane Kylie at shane kse85 would gustafson cancelled the proposal if he lost
1: um yeah probably he You're should from... have. he shouldn't have done it anyway that's all that <laughs> stuff said. is lame lame. It, so lame
0: it would have been so funny but yeah she it... really...
1: did they put them in this awkward position where it's kind of rude to say no like and yeah. it's just awkward for everybody involved and everybody yeah. watching
0: like i'd love to like bring some really really good looking person into my corner and then bring him into the cage afterwards and then propose him so i couldn't say no like it could back
1: badly though if they have a good if they have strong character they could just make you look <laughs> like an athlete too
0: yeah <laughs> that, that, I, I was hoping she'd say no so much but he made a good decision anyway i think uh john minton what fight do you like The headline Bama 30, reds or uh, maybe um, I it's, hmm, it,
1: it's gonna be reds or i'd say isn't it
0: I don't know. Reds are, did Redsler get a match? He did, didn't he? Yeah. Um, Redsler against Robson, yeah. That'll, will that be the min event? We heard, we heard rumours yeah. of another main event, but I think that fell through, did
1: it? Yeah, well, I don't, I don't, if, unless something gets added, I, I'd say they'll probably go with, with the with the Redsler fight as the card stands. But there could be something added.
0: What about uh, Richie Smullen versus Reese McKee Was made uh, this week as well. That's a good fight, isn't
1: it? Yeah, that's a very good fight. Uh, Richie Smullen is seriously dangerous on the ground. He's got some some vicious leg locks as well. Uh, uh, that's going to be a very good fight, and definitely not an easy uh, rebound fight for, for Reese McKee. That that uh, if the, if that hits the ground and Richie Smullen is very very dangerous, and it could go, it, it could be uh, bad news for Reese.
0: Yeah, looking forward to that. Just on that, there's a few more cards coming up. I, did did you find out if battles on is happening? I'm not sure.
1: Oh, I was trying to find out off uh, Stephen Larry, but uh, he's not answering uh, my phone calls or my messages about battlezone for some reason. he's <laughs> he's burning he's too. he's too cool for me now. I don't know. How uh, we were no, friends Larry. How we were friends, Larry?
0: I never liked him anyway. Uh yeah, cage like legacy him. as well as is, is, uh, is happening in a few weeks where I'm making my cornering debut, so that should be fun. <laughs> There's about 95, and a lot of lads from All Stars around that as well. Alexander Gustafsson's gym. So yeah, I reckon, I, I reckon
1: from... McGann will, McGahn will uh, fake an injury and pull out. He could. That could,
0: happen, <laughs> that could happen. Um, <laughs> you heard uh, it here first. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> um, the raw bastard was added to that card as well there during the week, wasn't he? Who? His name won't come to me in the minutes. Oh fuck sake, Ben, uh, Ben foresight friend. F- from Cork, Will Flurry, Rob Ra- Astor, Will
1: Flurry, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> all the time. Yeah, he was out of that card. So, I, there should be a good crowd. He's from Cork, isn't he? So there should be a good crowd uh, for him there. There's a couple of lads from Andrew's Gym as well. In that car, pretty good car, like in fairness. Uh, had a lot of uh, uh, amateur fights in as well. So, that should be fun. My my favorite amateur fighter uh, outside of Dave Fogarty is back as well, isn't he? Val- Val- Valdrum Lubashanti.
1: Yeah, Lubashanta is back. He's training in a uh, SBG now with under Phil Muppet, who's a uh, new gym. Um, so uh, he'll, he may be, he maybe he maybe he'll have another. He hasn't fought he hasn't fought an amateur in a while, so maybe he'll have another amateur fight as a warm up before going pro. But he get, has a,
0: get him on that court card, lads. I want to see Veltrum. He's class. Very good.
1: Yeah, he's he's very good. He uh, he beat Franz Malambo at a uh, at amateur uh, before, and he had uh Reese actually Reese McKee beat him. Uh, in an upset, a battle zone uh, in, a, in a tournament. It was kind of recent Keith coming out party that that night. So, uh, yeah, Valdrum's definitely an exciting fighter. He, he throws heavy and he's uh, he's exciting. Yeah.
0: Um, why does Sean always pick on Neil Siri? Emmy McLean asks. Did you see our tête-à-tête today on Twitter?
1: Oh yeah, Neil Siri was. Uh, you were you were uh, giving out about Cal Brook or something, were
0: you? I actually wasn't. Though. I it did. In fairness, it did. Look oh, like. Yeah, I was, yeah 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 <laughs> yeah.
1: You, you back down? You I,
0: stick to your bullshit. It did look like I backed down a bit. I'm not usually I want to back down. Now, in fairness, you, you fucking pussy. But yeah, um, <laughs> nah, I I was. Uh, I, but oh. in fairness, though, he did quit. Like. If we're being honest about it. You, like Tony Bell, you call him out on it. Like if that happened to MMA, if someone breaks their orbital bone they're not quitting like that. Let's be honest. Did you watch the fight? Did you see it? Uh the bout. Uh yeah,
1: I did actually, yeah. Um, what did you think? Yeah, he he uh he took a knee and um he, he could have fought on, but um uh, I I don't really know. I I don't know too much about boxing I don't know what the story with Calbrook Is is, is it like him? See,
0: he, he said, so. "I heard an interview he did today, and like his last fight, he broke his other orbital bone. And after uh, he tried to fight on, he was very brave, and he's corner threw in the in the towel. But um, afterwards, the doctor said if you got hit two or three times more, you could have lost your sight, which is bullshit more than likely. Like, but." he said that's everything. playing on your
1: mind yeah, yeah he probably got inside his own head a bit by the same of things um, I don't really know I don't even really follow boxing or whatever
0: I, I'm a big fan of Kell Brook. I, he's been one of my favourite fighters for years I think he's really really good I, like I think if he hadn't attacked in that triple G fight I think he would have destroyed Earl Spence to be honest I think he's a lot better than he showed at the weekend and that triple G fight you know we said a, long, a lot of times look at Anthony Pettis destroy you can ruin you like a, a bad beating like that and mm-hmm. moving up to us yes, um
1: yeah, it was Pettis' orbital bone, that got broken in that RDA fight as well, I think, so that's, uh, that's a serious injury because your eyesight is very important and you're getting punched, when you're getting punched, a lot of it is, is to the face and a lot of it is to your orbital bone, so uh, it's obviously a, a really bad injury, that, like look at Josh Koscheck, he he kept coming back in, uh, kept getting in, injured to the, same, to the same eye, like GSP jabbed it to death and then since then, every time he got hit on that eye, he'd just grab his eye and just fall to the ground.
0: Yeah, right. We'll get through these last couple pretty quickly. Um Kieran Sebel asks Bellator. Do you think they could co-promote pro- 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 with KSW? I don't think KSW mm-hmm. need to do that. But they, I think they're making enough money out no. there.
1: But just yeah. back to that Kel Brook thing. Do you, do you think uh, Rory McDonald quit against Bob Lawler?
0: No, he got fucking destroyed. Like he, Rory McDonald was on the edge of a cliff and he got punched over by Robbie Lawler. Let's be honest here. Come on
1: yeah but uh, if, uh, i can see how the people if people were making the argument that kelbrook had had quit that they could make the you could make a similar argument for the like Roy K- mcdonald fight
0: kelbrook could have fought on it was just like the pain like rory mcdonald just got destroyed like he he did all the, like he that was like the least quitting i've ever seen in a whole in a fight you think like if his was, life
1: depended on it his life depended on it he might have fought on longer i don't
0: think so no i think that was it yeah mm. Uh, USC punts. asked what do we think about the, the demise of Will Brooks and Marcin Held? I think they fought for the, the title in Bellator. If I'm not wrong, Marcin has obviously lost train raw. Will Brooks has looked pretty bad since he came to USC. Yeah. yeah, I'm surprised
1: yeah. at Will Brooks. I'm not that surprised at Marcin Held, but yeah, Will Brooks. I, I just uh, he's not the he's not the fighter we thought he was.
0: Yeah. Um, at Knobs 11 Mar- talks about Marais, we spoke about that, can Sean put the cooler on that, and so I think I've already done that, uh, at, <laughs> U- at, at UFC punts, I'm a bit puzzled on the odds for Carolina versus Claudia, I had Carolina a lot closer, thoughts, Claudia's a big favourite in that, is she? Uh, I, uh, one sec, um, I, I do fancy Claudia a lot now. yeah, she actually is, three to one on, yeah, you know? Maybe it shouldn't be that far because, as I said, Carolina definitely has a way a ways to win that. But, yeah, I, I have questions over her fight IQ, to be honest. I think she she has lots of talent. Uh, but I think Claudia is a better athlete as well, and that could tell. Uh, Swabby01 says he's glad the football season is over, so he no longer has to forward past the first 10 minutes. A lot of people feel that, I think. You'll <laughs> have,
1: <to laughs> have to forward past uh, some of the questions or the... the starting 11 questions (laughs) instead
0: yeah exactly Derek kelly asks about if you took away the top two fights from ufc stockholm would you basically have a dana white contender series yeah basically i I think that's what
1: i don't know Uh, we might be looking at even worse fights than than this on this contender series who knows what we'll we'll, we'll see.
0: see emmett ryan asks action 81 are pickles appreciated enough on burgers i don't think so i love it uh,
1: who wants pickles on a burger oh, fuck
0: that. are you are you the one a uh, fellow who'll get a big mac and take the gherkins off or ask for no gherkins yeah
1: no i don't get big macs i prefer my uh my burger to have uh, more meat content and bread content
0: <laughs> fair enough i love gherkins i eat, I eat gherkins all day and who, who calls them pickles as well fuck that uh you, after all the aldo versus Holloway on saturday where do you think uh each father will go after that
1: I think if uh, if Holloway wins, it'll be it could be the rematch. Depending on if it's the fight of the year, like you say, it could be a rematch. But I think it'll be it actually probably will be a rematch if it's if, if if Holloway has to win, but or or Frankie Edgar. Um, just if Aldo wins, it's it's uh, it could be one fifty five for Aldo. I know he's been talking about it forever since even since for five or six years. Um, I think it makes it makes it makes sense if uh, if if he blows out Holloway here, he hasn't really got much left to do in in the division. Um, people were talking about Backtisch, but he's now lost to Elkin, so he there's no there's nobody really there for Aldo um to stay around. He's already beaten everybody, so Khabib make it happen.
0: Mm-hmm. one hundred percent. Yeah, I don't think Aldo will go up. I think he'll just fight whoever the next contender is. Uh, if Max wins, they're more than likely going to give Frank Edgar another dial shot. Even who's an escapender though? It's, it's Edgar again. Like yeah, yeah just... they'll find someone. Like I'm sure. I don't know who who else is is around there. I don't know, sh- Cubs Swanson maybe he probably deserves he deserves uh, one like you said. I think. No, but I think get the. I don't think
1: well. he does. I don't think he does deserve one to be honest.
0: Maybe, maybe. Right, the last Korean
1: question. Unlucky d- to <laughs> to injure himself fighting all yeah,
0: that was. that was a good fight too uh up the darts last question we have another question there from edward Dawson. we'll answer that next week i'll keep that i think that's a good question up the darts with light heavyweight being so poor what heavyweight could possibly cut down to 205 and make a run I'm looking, at, I'm looking at the rankings here Steep I don't think he could make it Verdum, he couldn't Kane couldn't Overing couldn't JD, well, Overing has
1: Overeem was there for years but yeah, he, since he went on the horse meet he, he won't be going back you know, down
0: the old Mexican supplements uh, JDS, no, he couldn't make it France, he definitely couldn't make it Derek Lewis he could probably make Mark it Mark
1: Hunt could make it easily he'd be a <laughs> now,
0: well, Mark, Hunt, Mark Hunt is that South Sea Islander kind of body on him yeah, 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 yeah. Arlovsky couldn't Travis Brown couldn't Volkov probably could um but oh, a big unit though, isn't he? He's a big unit, alright, yeah. Stefan Struve couldn't many. There's not many, there's there's many that could. No, not really, no. Mm, yeah, he's very small. Yeah, I suppose a lot A lot of lads who can kind of go down. Yeah. Like, Mark Hunt, probably. Heavyweight's terrible by itself anyway, so. Mm.
1: Middleweight Mark Hunt, make it happen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, enough fight I'd love to see. Uh Luke Rockhold was talking about going to heavyweight but if he went to light heavyweight I'd love to see Luke Rockhold against Gustafson. that would be a fucking brilliant fight be yeah
1: a- well, I think Gustafson would just be too big for him
0: he probably would but uh, I, I'm in love with the long. left hook they were, lovely, they were the two best left hooks <laughs> in, the, uh, in the UFC but yeah Uh this podcast has gone on about uh, fucking two hours so let's finish it up here thanks everyone for listening Please spread the word. Please tweet out the podcast. Please put it on your Facebook, your Instagram, everywhere like that. Follow me on Twitter at Chan and MMA on Facebook. Follow Graham at Severe MMA. Uh, follow the Fear uh, Severe MMA Com on Facebook or as uh, our Facebook page. Follow us there as well. Instagram at Severe MMA. Uh, anything else, Graham? Anything else coming up? Um, yeah,
1: rate us or give us a rating on iTunes or a review on iTunes, and it, it helps us with uh, getting getting in into... the getting the word out to people on the iTunes store and getting, getting new listeners in, so uh, if you have a couple minutes spare, you don't even have to write a review, just hit the old uh, five stars uh, rating there.
0: Yeah, and if you could subscribe on SoundCloud as well, that'd be great. Um, and yeah, subscribe to iTunes everywhere. You can just delete them afterwards, it doesn't really matter, yeah, but do that. <laughs> anyone, if there's anyone out there who wants to sponsor the show again, give us an email, uh, severeandmaypodcast at, G- Sever- at gmail.com. If you know anyone, go up to them, tell them, here, give these boys a couple of a bit of claw wedge you know um please, <laughs> i need no microphone my sound was shit last week actually i apologize for that hopefully it isn't terrible this week but um i think it was because i cleared my cash on my thing and my settings changed but i think we have it started this week so it should be grand thanks everyone for listening i kept you long when i told you i wouldn't keep you long but that's the end of the show graham i enjoyed it did you enjoy it was it good yeah good show yeah okay here we go back by popular demand for like the last eight weeks the inspirational quote Wise men are not always silent, but they know when to be. See you next Tuesday or Monday.